welcome to the Dare to Move podcast. I'm your host, Garrett Wood, and I'm not your life coach, just a girl who never gives up. Happy Wednesday, guys. I am so glad to be sitting here with the co-founders of Revved Indoor Cycling. We have Megan St. Mark and Clyde Sims. They are the dream team. I had so much fun talking to them. Um, but we have like a more interesting relationship than just um, me reaching out to a super cool new concept that is a fitness concept coming to Boston soon from the Burbs. Uh, I met them because of one of their instructors, Alyssa. Alyssa is uh, is someone who would take my Barry's classes. We got to know each other just from her taking class and being super awesome and positive and following each other on Instagram. And when I was tasked with finding Cafe Nero, a co-tenant at the Copley Place Mall, I thought of Revved. I loved their mantra. I loved their image. I loved their reputation. And they've got several units outside the city. So I thought, why not ask them if they're ready to come into Boston? And so before this interview, there's actually a year of work uh, between the three of us trying to get a deal done in Boston. So I could not be more proud of these people. I admire their hustle. I love their never give up attitude. And you're going to learn how their dreams have come to life, how they manifested this. What's super cool is Clyde has a background as being a professional soccer player. Uh, Meg was a sports reporter. She's done almost every job in the book from internet or IT sales to being a journalist. And she's got such a cool vibe about her. So cannot wait for you guys to learn more from these two co-founders of Revved Indoor Cycling and learn all about how they train, how they hire, how they themselves have gone through their own internal training program. Uh, I am just blown away by these two. So without further ado, I introduce Meg and Clyde. All right, guys. So I am here at Revved Cycling in Dedham with Megan and Clyde. How are you guys? We're great. Thank you. Good. Thank you guys for letting me come to your... This is the original studio, right? Yes. Woo! Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Um, so we're sitting in this awesome... Uh, what do you call this? Like, back... Like... Functional space. Functional yeah. space <laughs> right. behind the studio. Um, and we're going to get into all things today. Fitness, group fitness, spinning, real estate, lots of exciting stuff. So usually, um, as the listeners know, I start with a quote. Today I have like a pretty real question that I'm dying to ask. And I want to know, like, what do you guys, when you talk to people about what you do, why you do it, what makes Rev different? Because I love, like my mantra is Derek Moog. I love meeting fearless, strong, brave people. And like to enter the boutique fitness space when you did in the spinning space specifically, it's it's a huge endeavor with the competition in the market. So like what do you guys say about yourselves that really differentiates you? Oh, all right. <laughs> um, so we get asked this question all the time. In fact, mostly at our front desk really? when people come in because a lot of people have come in from an experience elsewhere or people have at least heard of some of the bigger heavy hitters in the market. Um, and so the first thing that Revd kind of sets themselves apart with is um, the community based around what we're doing. Mm. So if I can start there. Um, the community of people here is super inclusive. 
Um, and it's not to say that other places are exclusive, but that vibe has been set out into the market. And so we want everyone to know that everyone and anyone does and can ride here. Um, and so that's kind of the biggest piece um, outside of what the actual product is. So the community surrounds us is a very unique community. You're going to see your sister, your brother, your mom and your grandmother and your grandfather. And like, you know, it, we span different demographics as well based on where our communities live. Um, and so we're going everywhere from like a Burlington market to a Foxborough market to a Dedham market, three very, as you know, different markets. Yeah. And then now infiltrating the city with a completely different demographic. So our community across the board is very diverse, and we love that. Um, that kind of lends a hand to our staff being very diverse. Lots of different backgrounds, lots of cool. people who are very part-time fitness and also full-time fitness. Um, so you might have a full-time nurse teaching class and have a completely different vibe than someone that has been in fitness for a really long time as a full-time instructor or trainer. Um, but all of them have gone through our in instructor development program. And so they come from a very common place of development here revved in particular um, and then add to that our classes are on the more athletic side of things we understand you can't reinvent the wheel every single time you jump on a bike with your body so we decided to stay non-metrics driven and all rhythm based and then with Clyde and I having athletic backgrounds Clyde in particular having been a professional soccer player for a long time we decided that athleticism in our classes was very important so all that together is what really sets us apart that's awesome and what do you uh, do you have anything to add Clyde yeah, it's, it's kind of funny because it's, it's kind of a hard question for me to answer a lot of times because um, I try to stay away from uh, even looking or visiting other studios. No, I think that's um, important. Yeah. I think that's a good thing. Well, that's, that's kind of the goal. I mean, um, you can't on. help, mm -hmm. well, you can't help but to, um, you know, see what other people are doing and if you think it's, um, yeah, you, and, and not kind of copying what they're doing and, and we didn't want to do that. So I, I got a lot of, I don't follow them on social media. Um, I don't go to see, to go to their classes, really. Um, and I think that, I, I, I hear that we're much different. And I think that's, that's why, you know, we, we try to do it the way we think it should be done. And, and I just try to, uh, or we just try to concentrate on that. And I think that's kind of what helps to set us apart. That's incredible. I think you both gave like really good answers to that, um, and I want to get into the method today, and I want to get into kind of how you two work as a team, because a lot of a lot of concepts will have two like whether it's co-founder, co-CEO, whatever title you want to give it, and it really interests me because I've never had anyone that's like a partner in anything I've done, mm -hmm. and so I just I really am curious to know more about that dynamic. Um, but before we dive into that, I usually ask people a question that I think helps my listeners identify who they are beyond what their title says. So it doesn't, like if it said, Clyde, spinning instructor, or studio owner, like how, if you're sitting on a plane and someone asks you, what do you do? How do you answer that question? Clyde, you go first this time. I don't really <laughs> tell them that I, <laughs> that I own a studio. He doesn't uh, really talk to anyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, I, I keep it pretty, pretty short. I'm, I don't really, I don't really elaborate a lot on, on much. Um, and a lot of times I won't even bring it up. Uh, and I, I got used to doing that when I played soccer. Mm. Um, What'd you say then? Well, we used to we used to say all kinds of things. But some of my teammates were really funny with some of their answers. Uh, we'd be out and stuff like that. But uh, unless we had to wear, they they made us uh, fly commercial and wear mm. our uh, our gear, so you you couldn't you couldn't really avoid it. But uh, mm. but yeah, I I personally just try to. I don't like to be in the spotlight. I don't like to be a center of attention. Well, thanks um, for being on the podcast. Yeah, no problem, no problem. Um, but um. 
but yeah, so I, you know, if I if I do get in the conversation um, about uh, owning a studio, um, a lot of people, uh, well, it's gotten much bigger uh, since we since mm. we first opened, and so a lot of people have at least tried it. Um, yeah. But, and then a lot of people have uh, you know a lot of questions on exactly what it is. You'd be surprised how many people come into the the studios we have now. Uh, thinking there's an indoor track somewhere, yeah. and pe yeah, and people are riding bikes. Uh, it's pretty funny. Oh, so wow. you have to, yeah, you have to explain it. Um, and the people that have done it before, uh, they, you know, they think it's really cool. Um, they, they, they love it. Uh, people love spin. A uh, great way to work out. Um, and uh, and yeah, you know, I don't really, we don't really go into detail. Um, and I, you know, I keep my answers pretty short. But uh, but yeah, <laughs> Megan might be better at answering this one. Yeah, I'm curious. Yeah. What would you say? Well, I used to travel a lot for work, and I stopped really engaging in conversations with people next to me. <laughs> so the answer, if I had owned this business maybe 10 years ago, I probably would have gone through my entire business plan with the person sitting I'm next to me. Do you know what I mean? I used to do that, and then I was like, gosh, I just got to catch up my nap while I can. So now, wow, now if someone really engages me in conversation, it's in my nature to talk to them, mm -hmm. and like, you know, that's... That's definitely why Clyde is like, you'll probably answer this differently. Um, I say that I'm a business owner if someone asks me what I do. Sometimes they leave it at that. Then they say, oh, what kind of business, you know? And yeah. I'll be like, fitness. And I kind of try to keep it vague. Unless I can tell someone is living around here and could potentially be a customer. Yeah. And then I give them a card or like a free ride pass mm. or something like that. And I actually, it's funny that you asked this question. In three instances, I've had people that I've met while traveling. One Uber driver. Um, and then a plane person and a train person actually come and experience rep. Cool. And it's because I was able to kind of connect them with us via social media. But I'm always really careful about like a personal contact because you really don't know who this person is. <laughs> so um, a lot of times I'll, I'll just kind of say who we are and I'll be like, yeah, you can find us on Instagram, mm -hmm. you know. But I think in three cases, someone has come in having met me like in, in travels and yeah. commuting somewhere. So. Like kind of worth a shot. Mood, right? Yeah, you can yeah. Get a new customer. I'll <laughs> yeah. like try to get some listeners. Yeah, more Gina, so. yeah, yeah. Naps have become more key than yeah. ever before now. Yeah. But yeah. but why not? Like if someone seems like they'd be interested, um, why not try it out? You know. So um, now that the listeners kind of know, you guys are co-owners of Rev Cycling. Mm -hmm. You guys are growing all this stuff. Let's talk about quickly the journey of like how you got here because. I think, um, you know, there are people who decide, hey, I'm going to graduate school, I'm going to open a studio, or I'm going to buy a franchise, whatever. Mm -hmm. And there's people who kind of, like, I would say, not to give too much away, but you guys kind of found each other and then went on this journey together to start this thing. And it's really interesting to me because I think it's just a testament to, like, kind of following your heart, leading with passion, and also figuring it out as you go. Mm -hmm. So talk to us about, like, did you, did you guys know each other forever ago? Like, how did you meet? How did it all start? Yeah, um, we didn't know each other that long at all, actually. Uh, <laughs> well, it's like a marriage, funny. too, which is yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yes. But um, <laughs> we met through friends. One of my old teammates, um, his uh, now fiance, um, was Megan's roommate in Hoboken, uh, New Jersey. And so they were up celebrating her birthday. We had just gotten home from a road trip, and, um, and that, that was the day we met. Um, just, I think we were at Seaport. Yeah. Uh, yeah, one of the... Legal's rooftop, yeah. I think, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, sushi. And so, yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's how we met. And we actually had a conversation about fitness then. Uh, mm -hmm. cool. And um, and then we we became friends. Like uh, Darius and I would go down there um, to New York to, uh, when we you know maybe had a weekend off or, or whatever. And and then um, Megan would come up with Mal every now and then just to 
just to hang out. And so, um, so we kept running into each other and, um, and yeah, just kept having a conversation. One time Megan was in town in Boston and, um, uh, wanted to check out a studio in the city and I had never done spin like, um, like we do it, uh, up until that point. I, I had done a lot of, uh, you know, all our rehab, we started on the bike, uh, coming back from injuries. So I was familiar with the bike and I'd done spin classes, but mostly in the gym, more traditional spin. And so we, uh, and so, um, yeah, I went to this class and just loved it. Uh, she, she went back. Yeah, she went back to New Jersey. I, um, I kept going to classes. And then uh, I, that was right at the, that was during my last season playing with the Revolution. And, um, and so I... Were you plotting your next, your next move or did you just kind of think, I'm going to let it all end and then figure it to out? To be honest with you, that was the first time I actually started thinking about it. I mean, I, had, I have a degree in uh, construction management. Um, after playing soccer for 10 years, that was kind of a, I mean, yeah, any, any like, yeah, I mean, I say long hour job, but this is probably the longest I've ever I mean, <laughs> yeah. anybody could work. I didn't think it was going to be this way, but, <laughs> but, uh, I it. yeah, We're stuck in it. <laughs> yeah, but I love it. But, um, I didn't know until I, and it's almost like I didn't have really a passion for anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew soccer was coming to an end, uh, and it came um, came to more of an abrupt end than I thought, uh, than I had originally planned. And so, um, well, I got to a point where I could go play, try to play one more year in San Jose. Um, I think that was the team where uh, my agent and I were talking to, or uh, and that was going to be tough. I lived my whole life on the East Coast. I'm from oh, North yeah. Carolina originally. Yeah, and I, I lived in Richmond, and then D.C. for a while, and then uh, Boston. So. Um, I had friends over there, but never lived over there for, I mean, at all, and uh, spent more than a couple of weeks at a time out there, um, and so it was going to be tough to move out there just for one year, totally. yeah, and I was dealing with my, um, my kidneys, kidney disease, and, um, and so, um, you it was, playing with that? yeah, I had it my whole wow. career, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I was very fortunate, very fortunate, yeah. my disease has slowly took my kidney function over time, um, but, um, we're back on track, so we, um, that was when I became passionate about something. And then once I kind of, um, I just couldn't stop thinking about it. That's and, cool. Yeah. And so um, I originally wanted to move back to D.C. Uh, mm-hmm. I lived there for seven years before moving to Boston. And, um, and I loved it. It was closer to my family in North Carolina. And uh, I just love that city. Um, it's and a cool city. It it's is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Yeah, it is. Um, and so I, I thought maybe I'll just stop playing and try to go open a, a studio in, in D.C., um, and so I think I was just kind of me- like I talked to Megan. I was just kind of messing around with her, and I was like, "We should open a studio." Mm-hmm. Um, and and Meg, um, she at this point my my kidney function was getting even lower, and I was gonna have to start dialysis soon. And um, and I was very familiar and loved my doctors at MGH okay. uh, at the time, and so that was gonna be tough to go down to DC and then uh, find new doctors and and all that. So I ended up. Uh, um, needing almost needing to stay up here for a bit um with the, uh, during that transition and megan wanted an excuse to move back to boston uh she ah. went to school here yeah so um it was, it was easier for me to do because i was ending my career and um um and it, it well it, it kind of ended on me uh and so i needed something else to do uh megan uh was was working on building up her career in, in software sales and um she was the one i i, I would tell people that she took the bigger bigger leap than me you know she had you know health insurance and all that stuff and and uh and making a good salary and I, I was going back to square one uh making a good salary playing soccer but um 
but now you know is going to be left with with, not, with yeah. some, needing something to do. So she moved back up here. We uh, actually uh, she moved into the apartment my my uh, roommate had moved out, and uh, it was perfect timing. And we we lived basically around the other side of Legacy Place here, um, so we could walk to work. Uh, oh my gosh! Yeah, I didn't know yeah. That. yeah. I had no car at first either, right? We yeah, like... yeah, we just yeah, and uh, and yeah, we just kind of made it happen from there. Um, we got to the point where it was, you know, we had nothing else going on. We, we told ourselves we were going to put our all into it if we were going to do it. I love that. Yeah. Um, I feel like you kind of got to do that. Yeah. You? And I tell people all the time, if I had a, if I had a full-time job with benefits and stuff while I was trying to do this, I don't think it would have happened because there were, yeah. there were many times, uh, especially in the beginning, uh, where if I had, if I had a backup plan, mm -hmm. I probably would have said, all right, this yeah. isn't going to work. Um, but because we didn't, we just, you know, we've, we've stuck through those times um, and kept pushing, basically. So Talk to me about this first location um, mm -hmm. really quick. I want to hear a little bit more about Meg's perspective, too. But when you decide you're all in, you're going for it, mm -hmm. and you have to look for your first real estate first, like <laughs> location, um, did your construction background come into play at all or anything? No. No. It did not, no. I, no. Saying, I don't know. Like, well, it's a kind of, construction is like a very big thing. To say it is. Well, you, with construction, you, I mean, I think you learn the most hands-on. Um, mm, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And so um, you didn't have too, too much of that, um, you know, when, when getting your degree. I mean, I knew a lot of stuff, but, uh, but yeah, it was, um, it, it did not. It did not. And I also just wanted to leave it to professionals uh, right. when it came to that. Yeah, yeah. It's like, stay in, so we, stay in what, you're, what you're good at. Yeah, yeah. So we found a space. Um, Right, basically right next door um mm -hmm. and cheap rent and it was a, a good size space it was almost almost three uh, 2500 3000 yeah. square feet yep mm -hmm. and um we were going to be able to fit a lot of bikes um we i mean the rent was like two thousand yeah. dollars a month and we, we were like this Holy is yeah, this is cheaper <laughs> than our, i think than a lot our. of real estate people just freaked out for a second yeah we couldn't believe it we thought yeah. that was par for the course though because it's our we're first like, time yeah. we're like that's great awesome <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it was cheaper than our apartment at the time. Yes, oh, that's right. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. We thought about moving in. We yeah. were like, can we just live in there too? And yeah. yeah right. Oh my gosh. And so um, we we um, we signed a lease. Mm -hmm. We got the place and um, paid our down payment and everything, like four thousand dollars or whatever it was, <laughs> yeah. and uh, went to the town to get approval. And so find out, come to find out, they only had five parking spots dedicated mm -hmm. to their to their space. So then they tried to limit us to 10 bikes. And oh so, my gosh. Yeah, 10 bikes. Could you imagine? That's not going to be very, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, we were able to, it just wasn't going to work. We were able to scrap the lease. And the very next day, the very next morning, I remember we went to Yard House that night and we were kind of like, what are we going to do? <laughs> the next morning, we drove past the place that we are, we're in now. We saw it. And uh, this is kind of, oh yes, it happened so fast. I think we ended up signing a lease the very next day. Whoa, yeah. Okay, so, yeah. Did they just have one? Like, it was available, and they loved our use. Okay. They, yeah. Well, yeah, I guess if you're looking for like a... And they had just lowered the rent, too, I think, yeah, right? They yeah, they just lowered wow. it, yeah. They were having trouble with timing. It's crazy. Yeah, it was wild. Wow. It was wild. Um, the rent was um, uh, a good amount, a considerable, considerable amount more, mm -hmm. but um, the actual, the um, you know, people can see us. Uh, yeah. Right here, it's um, really it's great. More parking, so we were able to fit uh, thirty bikes. Wow! Um, yeah. yeah, so ended up working out, um, and we ended up with a space after all. Uh, yeah. We, we yeah, and an even better space we yeah. we thought. Yeah, I love it. So when you opened or when you kind of started this journey, like you, Meg, you had taken classes. You yeah. were 
in fitness. Yeah. You had taught, right? Yeah. So I, had, I think at that point, so at that point I had been a personal trainer since college. So going on about five years at that point, And I had started teaching group fitness pretty soon in that career. Um, it was always part-time for me though. It was always like not as lucrative to go full-time as most trainers. Yeah, I mean, that's the biggest struggle, which yeah. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about later. Yeah. And so like, I just never took it you know, seriously. And then every time my sports broadcasting career would kind of go into a lull, I'd pick up more fitness. And then like Clyde mentioned, the software sales job that I was working at the time, like I was kind of like a jack of all trades, but like a master of none at at that given time. And I figured, you know, you have a degree in this, you must do this, you know? So, um, uh, but at that time when we decided to open Revd, I had already been teaching spin and I thought that spin was the most, you could make the most impact with the least amount of time. And by that I mean there's more people in a room than in most other classes and it's a 45 or a 60 minute experience. And at that time I think I was also teaching a 90 minute class. And it I was, used to do that too. Yeah, which is like, what, like what were we thinking yeah. about? <laughs> Sunday, <laughs> Sunday mornings, a 90 minute class. Like, yeah. Oh, that's, that's, Infinity. Like well, that's that's basically yeah. what it was, yeah. And so when we decided to do um, decided to do our own um, studio, I had been to almost every studio in mm. Miami, New York, and Boston. Did that make it harder to have to, been to all those places? To, yeah, to have been so exposed. Like I feel like on one hand you've seen so much. Yeah. But then on the other hand, if you were thinking about your own concept, was it almost like not analysis paralysis, but like. Yeah. I don't know. I like that term, actually, because it felt that way at times. Really? Yeah, because you would say, oh, my gosh, like, this person's got, like, gray floors, and they've got white floors. Like, we went to studios, and, and I would just take an inventory of things I liked and things I didn't like, mostly about the way classes were structured, because as a trainer, programming is everything, oh, yeah. right? And so, and you can program yourself cross-eyed, mm-hmm. and you can do too much, or you can do too little, and it's about finding that balance, and so... I was able to ride, and also I've taught at a lot of different studios as well in the mm-hmm. past. Um, everything, like when I was living in Miami, it was, the music was king, right? Mm-hmm. Every Everybody down there is all about like the different, you know, festival and music scene and like ultra music festival and all the different styles of music and the club scene drives the fitness scene. That makes a lot of sense to me, It's actually. really cool. A lot of the DJs are also group fitness instructors and vice versa. Oh it's pretty wild. Or at least at that time they were. Yeah. Um, and so then New York was kind of similar in a way but it had its own vibe because New York is just a total other beast when it comes to fitness and Spin was just popping up there Soul was just opening a lot of their own studios there they had just started that relationship with Equinox um, and then a lot of other like boutique style studios were opening in pockets mm-hmm. of different boroughs and it was really interesting I learned a lot about where, what and who was opening mm-hmm. and what was going on there um, and so then coming up to Boston having there be like a couple staples but not the robust market that existed in the two other yeah. cities um um, and Clyde had a lot to say about the DC market because he mm-hmm. would go home and ride totally. at different studios. Because at that point we were just researching. But to his point of earlier saying like you have to at some point stop looking at what other people are doing and decide what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we benefited from all the knowledge and all of the yeah, research. I wouldn't. Yeah. A lot of the people in the Midwest that start concepts. You haven't been to the coasts, like. But yeah, yeah. There's no concept. Yeah. yeah. So I think it was really good, but then at a certain point, it became like pen to paper. What was wrapped going to be? Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point, I was living in Hoboken, and I was working all day um, at a software company, and then I would spend all night on the phone with him, writing up our business plan. And actually, it's funny because it was five years ago this month that I quit my job to come oh, and and do mm-hmm. this. And and it's it's crazy to think that it's been five years. Um, 
but yeah, taking five years and almost four. Yeah. Studios. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I say almost because there will be one opening in Boston. Yes, yeah. yes, this um, this year. Um, so yeah, so I think in terms of the analysis paralysis, like you gotta just kind of pivot, decide what you want to do and what's gonna make you different, and stick to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so much of our business plan, if you look back at that draft from five years ago, so much is like so much of it is still real today. Oh my god! A lot of it has become more robust, but so much of who we decided we were gonna be is still so real today, and that feels good. That yeah. that has to feel good. Yeah, it's like what you wanted in your gut was right. Right. Um, when I asked Clyde, um, or Clyde had mentioned that he had like a, I'm all in, mm-hmm. I'm not, there's yeah. nothing else. I'm, I'm all in. Is, was there any like make or break, make or break it moment for you? Like, did your family have any questions or concerns? <laughs> um, I think, I think my friends were more inquisitive because my family had seen me do different iterations of what I thought I wanted to do mm-hmm. and I always reassured them that like I was paying my bills I had a roof over my head and I was doing what I thought was best at that time my parents are incredible and my dad's also a business owner so mm-hmm. when it came time to kind of shift and pivot to fitness full-time they knew that I already loved it they knew that I was already yeah. making a difference with my clients um, and I think what was the scariest part was the health insurance you quit mm-hmm. your job you move in with this guy that I don't think Clyde had met my family yet at that point <laughs> I think they were like, who? Okay, great. Um, And so I think my friends, one in particular, and you need to have friends that are critical because they're going to help you see the other side of things because it's all shiny and new to you. But you got to have those friends that are really, truly honest with you. And I have one friend who has since been to every single opening of all of our studios. She firmly believes in us. um, But she was like, what are you doing? And I remember we were at a bar in Hoboken, and I was like, I'm doing it, you know? And she's like, all right, well, I'll be there on the other side, whether yeah. you fail or succeed. Aww. And that was cool. Um, but yeah, I feel like make or break it, there's no particular moment for me. It was that whole transition of, you don't sit there and go, well, it's time for me to become an entrepreneur. And here I am cro- yeah. here I am crossing the bridge into yeah. this entrepreneurial effort. No, we just said, well, we want to own a spin studio. Cool, let's do our own. And then we were doing it. So I feel like there was no, like, knighting ceremony that yeah. some people think exists. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if that's ever the case for people, yeah. but everybody else kind of labels it in that way. Mm. I don't know if you can relate in that way, yeah. too. All of a sudden you have a project, and it becomes your main project. Yeah, and it's kind of like... it's. I don't. I hope it doesn't break, but I'm just mm-hmm. gonna keep going. Yep. Like it's, yep. it's very. Yeah, it can be very scary. Um, yeah. One thing that you and I had uh, talked about a while ago, um, we talked about um, Copley and, and all this. You kind of went into your method and and specifically um, how you guys train your um, your instructors. And I don't. I know that you know your method is your method. I'm not trying yeah. to like, spill your <laughs> trade secrets by any means, but I know that I have a lot of. I get a lot of questions about group fitness in general yeah. from people who are either aspiring to become instructors or they want to become instructors. And the way that like I was trained back in the day was like, go get the Mad Dog spinning cert mm-hmm. and then you go apply somewhere like the yeah. YMCA or Lifetime yeah. Fitness. And that's kind of how I saw it going because I grew up in the Midwest and even in Chicago, and I, I haven't checked recently, but there was a bit of a void for spinning. Like mm-hmm. Flywheel had one location. This is before Soul was there. Like mm-hmm. there was like very little there was like a real writer oh yeah studio. do you remember those um that was yeah that was crazy um but at the time it wasn't until I worked for psych fitness that this whole idea of uh concepts training their employees in-house yeah 
was a thing. So without like, you know, going into too much of your mouth, again, I don't want to like (laughs) spill your beans, but um, talk to us about that. Like, what does that mean to you guys? Why is it so important to you? Yeah. So you're so right about the shift. So back when I first started teaching spin, you could get, um, you could work at a gym. You could probably work at six gyms in the same town if you wanted to. Um, There was no such thing as competition amongst, you know, instructors. Um, You could jump on what was called the sub list. Mm. We all know Mm -hmm. if you worked like even 10 years ago. LA Fitness. Yeah. Get on the no same. Get on the sub list. Do you know? Do what you can to pick up and help each other out. And Boston had a lot of that with like BSC and um, LA Fitness and and the like. Um, And so we decided that we our product is so important to what we do. And even though it's not a technical, tangible product that we're like distributing to the mass market, we are distributing something to the mass market. It's an experience. And so we can't have that diluted by having a sublist of like, um, you know, nameless faces that are coming in to relay this product. We decided we had to have a team that was solid that didn't teach anywhere else in our method. And that became very important to us. So we decided it was a no brainer that we had to train people in house. And so we found that um, people that have taught other places that was fine but most of our success stories have been people that have just really loved the way that we ride Mm -hmm. and then therefore decided to take it to the next step um, and become an instructor with us and so we have an in-house development training program the people that are in it work very hard to number one get into it number two get through it and then number three audition to be on the team and on the schedule and um, the process has seen, I mean, every single time someone enters the program, the program changes. And it has to be fluid, and you have to be able to pivot and change with the talent that you're getting. Um, we've focused on certain types of people, and that hadn't worked. We've focused on, you know, different, um, different reasons why someone would maybe be a good instructor. And it really becomes organic when the person walks into the room and you say, okay, this is someone that's going to try and going to be successful, successful and this is why. We're not robots. We don't have the same instructor across the board and that's also what I mentioned earlier makes us different Um, and we have a huge male um, instructor presence which is rare very rare rare. and that's really important to who we are Um, and so the people that go through our program in fact everyone including Clyde has been through the development program and that was a cool moment because yeah, he's owner of the studio, but he had never taught before. So he said, why would I just like put myself on the schedule? I need to learn what this product is. And his audition was incredible. And he's been on the schedule since. Um, and even myself, I hadn't gone through development because, you know, I kind of developed the programming, but when I had my son and I came back on the schedule, I proved myself like anybody else that takes a hiatus, they re-audition for a spot on the schedule. And it was really exciting and it felt really good to be um, not in the trenches per se, because we're all across the board very equal mm-hmm. here, but it felt very good to have to come back and prove, totally, you know, yeah. and, and earn my it's spot like it's, back. It's a true team. Yeah, it's very yeah. important to us to have that. But um, in terms of the program, um, we've seen great success with training everybody in-house and keeping a pretty strict non-compete. We're not going to lie. Like, there is competition in the market, Absolutely. and we want to be at the forefront of it, and so therefore we need to protect our talent and give them an opportunity to be great here, you know, and support them if they were to leave, but maintain, you know, across the board a very um, kind of uh, demanding Mm -hmm. but rewarding environment. What has, um, Clyde, for you, what has it been like being now, you know, obviously you're a CEO, you're a a founder, but you're also a part of a team Mm -hmm. and you're instructing. I would love to know if you planned on being an instructor and 
what it's like bridging that gap between being on the team, because you were a team member for so long, versus also kind of being the leader. Yeah, I think um, if it wasn't for, I think, my, my uh, career before, um, yeah, it, it would be really difficult, I think. I think I learned a, a ton from the, what we call them, managers or coaches um, that I had in my time. I remember, um, and I, you know, I just kind of sit back a lot of times and just watch, and I, I, I would see what would work and what wouldn't work, and I, I think I learned the most from the, the bad coaches that I had um, that, that were not good, good managers of, of a team, basically. Mm-hmm. And that's what we, that's what we are here, um, and, try, and we try to replicate as much as possible as, as being a team, because um, we're, we're only as good as our, you know, our worst instructor or our, um, you know, the worst uh, desk staff. Uh, and so we, we all have to work together to keep the, keep the product up. Um, and the biggest part for me with that is just uh, everyone being equals. Um, one of the best coaches I had um, in professional sports, I remember it was during preseason. Uh, it was my first season with the team, and the, the captain of the team had done something that um, most coaches would just – He's the captain. He he was older. He'd been there forever, um, and they just let it slide. And I think he just we were we were given roommates when we would go on trips, and um, he wanted to stay with someone else, so he just took it upon himself to switch the take another uh, another roommate, and which you normally think isn't a big deal, um, but the coaches had put put you with a certain person for a reason, right? Um, to try to form some sort of chemistry or whatever it was, and. Not only did he make the coach make the players switch switch back, but he he basically made an example out of them um, the uh, in front of everyone at one of the team meals. I later found out that um, that he went to the player after the fact and said, you know, I'm sorry, but I had to do that um, to get the um, you know to to basically earn the respect of all of the yeah. the guys on the team, and it, and it works. I mean. We, we have a system where, um, you know, even when we take class, we have to pay. It's a cheaper rate, but we have to pay. And Megan and I will, will come to class, and we, we pay our, uh, our money just like we ask our, our desk staff to or, or the, our instructors to. Um, um, as far as uh, being an instructor, I mean, um, we're, all, we're all equals. We don't, you know, uh, we don't get any, uh, we don't, you know, anyone that's been here forever is treated the exact same way as someone who's new on the schedule and, and uh, vice versa. And um, and same with Megan and I, we don't we don't allow ourselves to do anything that we wouldn't want our, our staff to do. And I think it um, that really um, you know yeah like I said playing soccer for so many years and and seeing guys manage you know grown grown people um, that I think that's helped a lot. Yeah. yeah, that sounds like it would. And did you imagine yourself teaching? Like when you said you fell in love with spinning, mm-hmm. when you fell in love with it, were you in love with the workout first, and then thought maybe someday I'll teach or you just love the workout and something just drew you to it. Well, I've all, well, I love the workout, but I've always loved music. Um, it's a, it's spinning is so I, Yeah, yeah. I've I played, um, I never took lessons. I kind of taught myself how to play guitar. Um, I haven't played as much these days, basically since we opened Rev, but I had a lot of, <laughs> a lot of free time when I played soccer. Um, and so, I, yeah, I grew up, music was always on in our house, um, and I think that was the number one thing was the music. Um, and obviously when you have a, you have a strong opinion on music. You go to classes, and you know, really love it. I should. Yeah, I you know, I, and I'd, I'd have songs or I'd hear songs that I, I would think that I would personally think would be awesome, in spin class. And once you get to that point, I think anyone should think about being an instructor. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Once you once you have such a strong opinion on um, how you think it should be, um, 
be taught or done, uh, I think that's the way to, the way to go for sure. Um, and so, yeah, I always had that in me even before we opened. Um, and th that was also when my, my um, I was at that point, I think I had just started Dallas when we opened this studio. Oh yeah, yep. And so, um, and then I, I got a kidney. It didn't when, work out. When did that happen? You, when did you guys opened or? I remember, I remember on opening day, I had, I had bandages on my arm. I do remember that. So I think I, I just, I just started dialysis. Yeah, I think I, wow. I think I'd been at dialysis the morning that we did open. Yeah, oh um, yeah, yeah. So um, that was a big reason why I didn't teach in, in the beginning. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it was also good because uh, I think if both of us were teaching uh, a lot of stuff. Um, in the beginning, it would have been really difficult for us because it, it takes a lot of energy, uh, oh energy and, and time. I remember, you know, Megan had to, Megan would spend hours on playlists in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And if both of us were doing that, uh, it would have been a bit of a struggle. Yeah. 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 So when you thought about, um, you get your store opened, you had kind of a, you kind of saw the realities of real estate, I'm sure, with like the first lease falling through mm -hmm. and not working. When you thought about growth, what were you excited about? What did you think about? Was there anything that you were like, I don't know if we'll ever do a second one? Or did you always intend to say, I'm going to open one, mm -hmm. and I'm going to open another, and another? Uh, that was our goal in the beginning. Um, you know, you always hear about uh, people worrying about if you're growing too fast um, and, and things like that. I mean, um, you know, those are worries of ours. Um, and to be honest, we, we started doing well here. Um, I had just gotten a settlement for um, one of my career-ending injuries, oh and gosh. yeah, and so all I did was work. Uh, I, I didn't have any plans for the money, and so we decided to uh, go ahead and open Foxborough. Uh, we saw there was some um, some space there, and uh, you know I was really familiar with Patriot Place, um, playing for the Revs, and um, and so we decided to to go ahead and and, uh, and go for it, and because uh, we were getting to the point where we were selling out a lot of classes here. Um, and we thought it was a good enough distance away to where we could manage it. That was the biggest thing, um, yeah. um, where we could manage it and not pull too many people from the studio, but, yeah. but also maybe handle some of the overflow into another yeah. studio. Yeah, so it, uh, it worked well. I'm glad that that second one was, was kind of close uh, to us. The other thing that was really good for us is we had somewhat of a name in Foxborough because people would come yeah. from there. They, they at least heard of us. Um, cool. So that was uh, very helpful when opening the second studio as well. Nice. And what, what do you think in the early years, especially for people listening who might want to open a franchise or start their own business, what do you think is the most critical part of owning a business? Like break, breaking it down between, you know, beyond your method, um, is it the brand management? Is it the customer service? Is it hiring? Like maybe what, is, what do you guys value as the most important or what have you struggled with? Like can talk and speak to you. Yeah, that's, that's, um, yeah, it's a lot. You uh, struggle with uh, all of that yeah. at times. But I will tell you, I think what makes Red so, so strong is our staff, uh, is our, we'll call them coworkers. Um, the people we work with are amazing. I think we, uh, every day I'm so thankful for them and how luck, how lucky we are to have them. Um, they're, yeah, I mean, with just Megan and I, we'd probably still be here in Dedham, um, and just Dedham. It sounds <laughs> but, like the, the team aspect is like, even just to use Angelo for an example, you talked a lot about how he kind of, was it in Burlington? Mm -hmm. He just like turned, like he was like doing amazing things in the front desk in Burlington and like trusting him to do what he thought would be the best to like be a good customer service representative mm -hmm. and to, you know, just be a face and like mm -hmm. a friendly person. Like mm -hmm. you guys have to have a lot of trust in the people that. Yeah. Yeah. I think the thing about Angelo in particular is he believes in what we're doing. I mean, you have to kind of, 
weed out as a business owner who's there to collect a paycheck versus who's there because they want to be there and they believe in what, what you're doing. Um, Angelo is one of those. Um, we have we have more. I get, you know every single person that works yeah, for us. I just met him. Um, I, that's why I brought him up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but um, but yes, yeah, almost like an an extension of Megan and I, where mm-hmm. you can um, almost like uh, cloning yourself. You know what I mean? Totally. Um, and everyone that works for us um, believes in the business just as much as we do. And that's that's the biggest thing. I mean, we yeah we would be we couldn't do what we're doing or, or even open Copley uh, without without the help that we have. Um, yeah. yeah. And go ahead if you have something to add with that. I think, I think like talent management is like the biggest part of hiring. Like we meet people. In fact, like there's someone we've been talking about recently that just joined our community and just joined our staff on a very small scale. But we see really big things for this person if they were to come on full time. And so we try to identify that as early on as we can. And maybe there's no role for them in that moment, but cultivating somebody and encouraging them and seeing if this would be their path. And like, you know, coming into fitness full time isn't always the most like solid, you know, idea mm-hmm. for people. Um, scary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so that being said, I think. I think, like Clyde said, and just to reiterate, the team is important, but managing that talent from its inception is probably the biggest piece of success that we've seen. And Angelo is that person that came in as a writer, benefited as a writer from the product, became a front desk worker, became an instructor, became a full-time manager instructor. So that's he really has seen the full um, the role from inception to... Yeah, yeah, success, which one, is great. Yeah, one thing that we've gotten better at uh, that I'll say that we struggled with in the beginning is, is the last thing you want to do is hire someone to tell them what to do, mm-hmm. basically. So we, we try to find the people that are that are motivated and uh, and are hungry, and but also have the tools to um, to do stuff better than we could even do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you, you kind of just give them the freedom to do that. Um, and so that that's something that, we, that we're getting better at. And uh, and when you put someone in a position where they're doing something that they love to do, yeah. they're going to be good at it, or or they're going to figure it out. You know what I mean? So a lot of people might not be that might not be the, what they studied in school mm-hmm. or whatever it is. But um, but if they're passionate about it, they they find yeah. a way to figure it out. Yeah. This is like speaking to me on such a deep level because spinning was my gateway drug mm-hmm. to fitness. Yeah. And yeah. I always wanted to be an instructor, and I studied in college and. It was, you know, the like we were riding bikes from like 1989 at the the wreck, and <laughs> and it was like I had to teach the 6 a.m. classes with the community members. Not like most college students weren't coming to mm-hmm. those classes, and I just dreamt about you know a studio or something out there in the world that would just do like would really want to take me seriously. Yeah at this job yeah and yeah. i i just hope for the listeners who are passionate about spending it all just check out rent because it's what the way you talk about developing someone i think that's the most someone could ask for especially if they're hungry yeah yeah to, to, to show up yeah yeah and we and you know we want to we want you to succeed uh, we want to set you up for success we're not going to put you on the podium uh, if you're not ready but also help you get there um it's not we're not so cutthroat i think Almost all of our instructors have never even taught spin before. Really? Uh, yeah, they were just. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, we find more success uh, with that. Very, um, I, I can imagine that you develop a lot of loyalty because you found a, them from before. Yeah, a lot of times they'd only spun it, repped, uh, and fell in love with it, and then since then they checked out other studios. But um, but they're so ingrained in the um, cool. 
in the brand and, and the way we do things is um, it's pretty awesome to watch. Um, yeah. And even the instructors that we have, we're working with one now um, that is uh, taught for a year at another studio, and we, we have to take our time to get them on brand. We kind of have to break them. I, you know what, yeah. though? It, it makes a lot of sense. I taught, um, the listeners know this, I taught for Shred 415 in mm -hmm. Chicago, and they took um, Barry's boot camp mm -hmm. method, essentially, and the only thing that was different was there was childcare uh -huh. in yeah. the studio. <laughs> um, and there's a little bit more cardio, like, a, you know, very small nuances that, like, the average Joe probably wouldn't know a lot yeah. about. But, um, you know, again, I'm speaking very, like, average here, but when I moved to Boston, I, I had a really hard time adjusting to the Barry's method, if you will, because the numbers and the everything everything was different. Yeah. It, it's the yeah. same thing, but it was so different. Yeah. That would be a huge hurdle, I think. Yeah, and, yeah that's what we're doing with the instructor that we have. Um, you know, just just like you said, little things, they're a great instructor. Um, yeah. But we got to get you repped. Um, be, yeah, because um, if we don't, then we, we basically don't have anything. We, yeah. We... Um, yeah, we, we just have to stay true to the brand, and uh, that that's and it's it's tough. Like you have an instructor that wants to teach, and they can they can be great um, for the studio, but at the same time, if you if you once you start to allow something that you've been teaching everyone else to not happen with a, with a, yeah, another well. case, that's another thing I learned in soccer um, or playing professional sports. You'd have a guy come in, and all of a sudden they're making you know ten times the amount of money that you're making. Um, and they're not even asked to do as much, um, even in training. It or, right. No, it just it 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 messes with the. It's and and you know you're grown grown men out there, and and you know you don't you try not to think about it, but it it messes with you. Um, yeah. And it, it gets to gets to a point where the the upper management starts to lose the team because um, uh, because now you've allowed this these little things to happen, um, and that's, that's something. A really that, good parallel. Yeah, yeah, and so that's something that we. Um, that we, we really have to try hard. And it's hard. It's hard. And I'm glad there's so many of us because there will be something that will happen and, um, you know, someone will say something, speak up, and, like, we, you know, we yeah. can't do that because of this or this. And we've told this person this. So, um, and so we just have to stay true to it. That way you keep, you keep everyone tight. Uh, that's that's my, uh, my philosophy. That's the way I, I, um, we, we try to go about things. Sounds like you guys are here. <laughs> it seems like, I mean, I, I know some of your instructors, and they're all uh -huh. amazing people. Yeah. Um, so what is, uh, what are you guys excited about right now? What, what is next for Rev? Like, let's let's think into the future. I mean, I'm privy to a little bit of yeah. information with Boston, which is yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah, so we've, um, um, one thing that's also, also been hard for us is just to stick, just to spin. Um, Ooh, that's so a really good point. Yeah, it's it's uh, we've had to rein ourselves in a couple of times. Um, well, the space that we're sitting in right now, like in theory, yeah, yeah, yeah. Open we've been told, yeah, stretch lab, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. We've been told that a lot of times, but um, we just want to try to be the best at you know what what we do to keep and keep it simple. Mm -hmm. um, we um, one day we think we we might venture out to something else, but right now we just want to yeah. concentrate and and. Um, just concentrate on spin and, and just try to nail it. Um, and we, we just want to grow with it at the um, time being. Yeah, and we're excited because we have, we're still building our team. I mean, I was, um, you know, we're up super early in the morning training, training instructors before classes, uh, right after those morning classes. We're sometimes, you know, Megan and Lee till like 10 o'clock last night. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times we're here till nine or 10 at night training instructors um, or training the people that are gonna be training instructors. Um, 
And so um, we're, we're building our team and we're, we're looking to expand. And that's, that's what we're, uh, we are um, most excited about at the moment. Yeah, into some fun places uh, that we've learned a lesson the hard way not to speak on until yeah. until oh, no, they're I, done deal. I, I but, know uh, from yeah. the real estate world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but get ready, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's really exciting. Um, you guys are clearly hustlers. You guys are doing all, you know, you're teaching, you're running a business. Like, you guys have families. You're mm-hmm. doing a lot of things. Is there anything that you guys do? And even just, like, quirks about that you know about each other that you think you do that will help you stay on task? Uh-huh. to just like kind of stay on top of it all like you're well, we, running in a million directions yeah mm-hmm. we complement each other really well yeah uh, our personalities Megan's a bit more of a free spirit well when it comes to some things it's, it's weird <laughs> I mean you'd have but to we know each other yeah really well. we know each other really well point, yeah. yeah we used to uh, our arguments are um, not argue. I mean not heated <laughs> anymore we can, t- we can just talk through things yeah now. and yeah, we've so. learned how to have those conversations I yeah. think we can call them now because there, not to cut you off there, <laughs> no. the difference between Clyde and I are the best things about us is like things that, like I'm not a good risk taker and every day he's got a new idea that's really risky. <laughs> and so like I'm always like, okay, these are the reasons, this is a hundred reasons why we can't do it. And then he'll be like, but it's revved and it would be great for us and then we don't do it, right? But it's calculated risk taking. Um, and so when we meet in the middle on things, um, it's important. And we're both very stubborn, but we've been able to compromise, you know, for five years now or longer. Um, and I, I honestly think, like, that if, if we were both the same person, we wouldn't be the successful business that we are, I yeah. think is probably the best way. And on our team, like, it's like, and I don't want to call us mom and dad, but that's how they see us sometimes. And, you know, it's not like they're going from, like, a no to, from mom to a yes from dad. Mm-hmm. But they see, like, that they have support from two different perspectives. Yeah. And I think that that benefits them in their, you know, their jobs are hard. Mm-hmm. And they work so hard and they're so good at what they do. Um, and so if they can have two different forms of, of um of support, it, it helps them more, I'd say, than just yeah. having one in a way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. 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 And, um, and yeah, I tell people all the time, I, uh, there's no way I could have done this by myself or, or even wanted to do it by myself. Yeah. Yeah. It's more fun, um, uh, you know, going in it with, with someone. Yeah, more fun. You share the uh, successes and then also the, uh, the tough moments. Uh, you share them and it's, uh, it's special. Um, yeah, we've learned how, I think the biggest thing is we probably learned how to react to each other. We don't, we don't take anything, uh, personal anymore. Um, yeah, yeah, we've, uh, we've grown as a, um, yeah, as a, as a group basically. Yeah. I think also like seeing each other start families and, and have that different type of responsibility. Like Clyde had his son before I had mine and just watching him go through, (laughs) go through that, what made it more comfortable for me to do the same. And then now our team is, you know. Yeah, people are starting families, and and um, and so they're seeing both of us have done it first in some really organic way, um, and it's I appreciate him every day for doing that and being like, we can make it work, we can yeah. make it happen, and and it works, you know. That is awesome. Well, I know you guys are super busy, so I'm gonna just kind of have one more question for you. Sure. And because you guys are coming to Boston and the city's excited, I want you to give me give the listeners, give us. Your sales pitch on rev, wow. like, do like get us all revved up for it. I mean, you're it's it's so exciting to come from the burbs into a city, which is not what a lot of con- like Orange Theory is like one concept I could even think of that kind of had has done that in other markets and and I guess in Boston too. But 
I mean, this is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think, like, the best the best thing for people in Boston who are kind of waiting for us to come, you see our billboards up. Oh, yeah. You know, we, wanna, we really wanted to um, ramp up the excitement. But the best thing to say is, like, check out our social media. Check out our – we have a new website launching soon. It's really important for people to get a really good glimpse of who we are mm-hmm. in a digital way. But it doesn't even, you know, compare to what it's like to come to a class. Yeah. And when you come to a class, the moment you arrive, we know that you're brand new. We take really good care of you. Every rider from like day one to day 400 sees this um, community of support. And like last night, for example, um, Brittany and I, we taught a battle ride together with like just like a 30 of like the most excited people. But amongst those faces were people that were brand new and they saw us as an opportunity to do something fun and different. And they've stuck around. Um, In our classes, you'll find people that were here from day one Dedham and they're still coming five years later. And they've seen us go through different, you know, iterations of what we're trying to accomplish and they've been patient with us and they've been excited and they've never lost that excitement and I feel like you see that in every single class there's builds there's climaxes there's moments where you're going to push yourself there's moments where you feel comfortable there's moments where you don't feel comfortable and we're here to give you a safe environment to do all those things Um, and our classes are body changing you know we have to bump the AC because the room heats up because you're working hard you know what I mean when I say that? Yeah. So, you know, we have this this kind of um, epicenter of a heartbeat of just, like, blood pumping and, and people sweating and people changing their minds and their bodies at the same time. And you come in and you work through whatever's going on in your life and you leave better because of it. So Boston is a huge opportunity for us, but I think a larger opportunity for our community mm-hmm. because the amount of people that we're going to add to our community and we're so excited to add these people to our community, we just get to grow this incredible group of people even more. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, I hope that explains a little bit oh, of what we're 100%. trying to do. It's incredible. I yeah. can't wait. I, I cannot wait. It's going to be at Copley. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of change coming to Copley too. I can speak to that for, yeah. you know, from a real estate perspective. And it really is, the, in my opinion, kind of like the 50-yard line of Boston. Yep. You know, it's, it's a great place to be. You guys are going to be right by the T. Mm-hmm. You guys are, I mean, it's, it's, I have to say, prime real estate. Yes, well, and, we have a lot of thanks to you for that. Yeah. And, and it's cool because it is a human highway. It, that's, that is the best way. It's it. yeah. people are coming and going, and you don't even have to try to find us. We will be right there. Yeah, so, so it's great. Gonna, I think that the cool thing that I see for you guys is that what you did here, which it was just this whole, like, you know, it was an idea in your head, and it came to fruition, and you built this entire community. And in a lot of ways, you're going to do that again mm-hmm. based on all the new faces that are going to be coming by and just seeing what is this? Like, Mm -hmm. let me come in. And so I think that's really exciting. And just to speak to your community, um, that deal wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for Alyssa Mm -hmm. and the way she is an extension of your community. She she took my class and she said, Hey, like I'm an instructor at Rev and she added me on Instagram. And I saw all of her positivity through Instagram that I felt comfortable enough reaching out saying like, is Rev looking to grow? Mm-hmm. Like, you guys had, it's like the law of attraction. And yes. I absolutely love that, and I'm so excited for you guys. So, thank you, thank you, thank you for thank you. Um, sitting down to chat all things Rev, and I cannot wait to hear more about the future. Thank so. you so much. We appreciate that. This is fun. Awesome. So, I'm going to put links, guys.
Thank you guys so much for listening. Meg and Clyde are so passionate about what they do. I hope you guys are stoked to see them open in like this month or early October. Um, this is going to go a lot. This is actually going live, obviously, in August, but um, they should be opening very, very soon. So stay tuned for that if you're in Boston. Um, I love where they're going to be located. It's like we were talking about, such a great location. So stay tuned for that. Go ride with them. Uh, feel free to send any of us questions. There are links in the show notes. And I truly appreciate you guys listening. So thank you so much. And as always, dare to move. Oh, 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 oh,